Amen. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning. We thank the Lord for the time change. So thankful that the Lord declared in His Word that His sons and daughters would prophesy. And what a blessing that is this morning. Just hear the young stepping out, taking the mic, exhorting the church with the Word of the Lord. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4. Verses 1 to 5, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry." The Lord's desire is that His people run with the spirit of the evangelist. That is His heart. The evangelistic call is a call for all believers. For all of us here this morning, all of us who are a part of this body of Christ, no matter our age, no matter how long we've been saved, the moment we were saved, we received a call. The call to be an evangelist, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We are all called to be preachers of the gospel. We are all called to evangelize, striving to convert sinners. This is not a call relegated to only a few or those that sit in the first three rows. It's for every single person here today. Old and young, young and old. From the youngest child that is saved, as they begin to speak, God is calling us to be an evangelist. Calling us to be his mouthpiece. Jesus said these words, Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. How much more could you ask for? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, what did Jesus say? He said, go. Go where? Into all the world. And do what? Create disciples. What are we to do? Part of this life, part of this living, our expression in this life, vital part of our Christianity is that we take up this call, this evangelistic call and anointing, and that we go. And we go into all the world. Not just huddle in the church. And that we create disciples. The method of creation or the precursor, the catalyst, 
is evangelism. This is where it begins. The creation and formation of a disciple. We all have our work and we all have our opportunities. We all have our section of the field. For it says in Matthew 9, verses 37 and 38, he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I really believe that the Spirit of the Lord brings this to the church today, the words of John 4, verses 35 to 37. The text reads, Do you not say, There are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Now the reality is that there are times in our individual evangelistic effort when it's more sowing than reaping. And for someone else it's more reaping than sowing. And I would just encourage the church this morning If you're in a season right now where it's more sowing, do not be discouraged because the Lord is using you as a sower. The Lord didn't say that we'd just all be reapers. There's sowing and there's reaping. There's sowing and there's reaping. And the text reads in John 4, 38, I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. The sower is working hard. Do not be discouraged. Your labor is not in vain. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, for in this harvest the old saying comes true, one man sows, another reaps. I have sent you to reap a harvest for which you never labored. Other men have worked hard, and you have reaped the results of their labors. The labor is not in vain. The text reads that both he who sows and he who reaps rejoice together. Rejoice together. Not discouraged because all we are right now is a sower. We rejoice together. The message, now the sower is arm in arm with the harvester, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying, this one sows, that one harvests. In the Passion Translation, those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. Now sometimes we find ourselves sowing and reaping. Those are beautiful seasons. We find ourselves both sowing and reaping. The gospel is presented and accepted as we go. As we go into all the world. As we declare the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what an honor it is to be used of the Lord. To sow and to reap and to gather fruit for all eternity. What an honor it is to do the work of an evangelist. 
I want to ask this morning, what is it that brings us great joy? What is it that causes us to rejoice? And undoubtedly in a room like this, there's many answers. With all the ages represented here, there would be many answers. But can I suggest to us this morning that there is to be a common answer? Luke 15, verses 7 to 10. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The call to be an evangelist. What greater call could we be involved in? All of heaven rejoicing. It's time that we light a lamp. It's time that we sweep the house, sweep the earth. It's time to search. Verses 3 to 7 in the J.B. Phillips New Testament. So Jesus spoke to them using this parable. Wouldn't any man among you who owned a hundred sheep and lost one of them leave the 99 to themselves in the open and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will put it on his shoulders with great joy. And as soon as he gets home, he will call his friends and neighbors together. Come and celebrate with me, he will say, for I have found a sheep of mine which was lost. I tell you that it is the same in heaven. There is more joy over one sinner whose heart is changed than over 99 righteous people who have no need for repentance. It's time that we go after the one which is lost. It's time that we find the lost. It's time that we carry them on our shoulders. I really believe that this is a now word for this house. Make full proof of thy ministry, says the Lord. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. As you know, my grandmother went to be with the Lord a week ago now. And standing beside her bed, that emergency, well, it's not really even a room, is it? Standing there beside her bed in those final hours, she said with a glowing smile, I was able to tell the paramedics in the ambulance about eternity. I was able to tell the paramedics in the ambulance that Jesus is alive and Jesus is real. And I just thought, Wow, there you are in your dying moments, heart failure in an ambulance, probably hooked up to oxygen at that point, you know she was, more concerned about the salvation of others, wrapped up in the reality of heaven and hell. They're declaring, that's the greatest joy. The dying hours and moments of life still doing the work of an evangelist. 
a lamp lit, sweeping an ambulance, a sower sowing. I remember many trips with my grandmother as a young child. We lived real close for a season. We actually lived only about two houses down when we were renting a home. And even before that, in the first house we grew up in, we were only about a block away, just, just a green strip away. We'd always be over at her house, and she'd always take us on walks. We'd go to the Happy Mart. Anybody ever heard of Happy Mart? And we'd get Happy Pop and Slurpees, and we'd go to the park and play at the park. She'd take us for walks around the lake. We'd go to her house pretty much every Saturday for just insane amounts of French toast and bacon and just incredible memories, and we shared some of those in the room. But I remember... You know, she would always look for an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And at first, when you're a young kid, you know, that's not, like, we're in the park, Grandma. You're trying to look cool, right? And there she is always looking for an opportunity. I remember this one time, you know, I would just like to say that the spirit of an evangelist is a contagious spirit. And when you see somebody stepping out and you see somebody sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and you see response, or even if you don't see response, if you see that passion that's in somebody, it is contagious. I remember this one time going to this park. We went there often. Never seen this girl before. She was up on uh, one of the structures in the park. Back then we had wooden parks, so every kid could get slivers and, you know, cut themselves on nails, and now we're super safe. It's all plastic and tubing. But there we are in the park, and she's up on this structure, and she's smoking, young teenage girl. I have no idea what came over me at the moment. I just called out to her, and I said, you shouldn't be smoking. And this is a true story. I wish my grandmother was here. She'd verify it. And this girl's looking down like I'm this younger kid. And I said, throw me your smokes. And she threw her pack of cigarettes down. And I opened them up. I took them all out and I snapped them all in half. The spirit of an evangelist is contagious. Needless to say, she came down. My grandmother had an opportunity to minister to her, kept in touch with her, and she was definitely presented the full gospel message of Jesus Christ. Sometimes all it takes is boldness and stepping out. Now, am I suggesting that we find every park or every person on the side of the road and, and say that? No, but if you feel like the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you, if you feel that anointing rising up, step out. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So I just want to encourage the church with that this morning. Matthew 9, 37 to 38, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. As I said before, we all have our section of the field. I don't get to go to your section of the field every day. And you don't get to go to my section of the field every day. So I wonder the sections of the field that are lacking laborers. We look, well, there's many people in the church evangelizing. The question is, is there someone evangelizing your section of the field? Is there someone speaking up in your section of the field? Are you waiting for another Christian to get hired? Let them speak up first, and if things go well, then you'll speak up. Jesus said, go. Go where? Into the world. And do what? Create disciples. If you're looking for a mission statement, go into all the world and create disciples. 
We are called to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, but we can't neglect our going. It would be real easy to come in here on a Sunday and pray, Lord, send out laborers. And then he sends us out come Monday morning, or the reality is sends us out right after this church service, and we just neglect, we neglect our call. Come in on a Tuesday and pray. Lord, change the city. Open your mouth. Begin to speak. I love that Jesus didn't give the Great Commission to just a handful of his disciples, or just one or two. I mean, then you'd have an argument this morning. <laughs> well, I'm of the company, you know, the three that didn't get the call. You don't want to be the one that didn't receive it. He hung himself. Jesus gave the call. Go into all the world and create disciples. And you're saying, well, what does that look like? I don't know what it looks like for you. This is part of the walk of faith. This is the obedience. This is stepping out. Step out into the mystery with Christ. John Piper said these words, Have you ever wondered what it feels like to have a love for the lost? This is a term we use as part of our Christian jargon. Many believers search their hearts in condemnation, looking for the arrival of some feeling of benevolence that will propel them into bold evangelism. It will never happen. It is impossible to love the lost. You can't feel deeply for an abstraction or a concept. You would find it impossible to love deeply an unfamiliar individual portrayed in a photograph, let alone a nation or a race or something as vague as all lost people. Don't wait for a feeling or love in order to share Christ with a stranger. You already love your Heavenly Father, and you know that this stranger is created by Him, but separated from Him. So take those first steps in evangelism because you love God. It is not primarily out of compassion for humanity that we share our faith or pray for the lost. It is first of all love for God. We take steps in evangelism because we love God. This is the primary. We take steps in evangelism because we understand and know that every person was created by the Lord. We take steps in evangelism because the Lord has commissioned us to. He said, go into all the world and create. We take steps in evangelism because we have the cure. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior here today, you have the cure. And I read these words. If you had the cure to cancer, wouldn't you share it? You have the cure to death. Get out there and share it. We have the answer. We have the cure of all cures for the disease of all disease. We have to get out there and let people know.
go into all the world and create. Second Timothy 4, 5, do the work of an evangelist. J.B. Phillips, New Testament, go on steadily preaching the gospel and carry out to the full the commission that God gave you. The Lord is saying to each of us today, 2 Timothy 4, 5, but watch thou in all things endure afflictions and do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Maybe you're saying, I don't have a ministry. Yes, you do. The greatest ministry. Doing the work of an evangelist. Our first ministry is unto the Lord. We understand that. But doing the work of an evangelist. What is an evangelist? Well, the word used, a bringer of good tidings. An evangelist, the name given to the New Testament heralds of salvation through Christ. Do we need a special skill set to do the work of an evangelist? He's saying, give me the skill set and I'll go do it. I share these words, Oswald Chambers. When our Lord said to the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, his reference was not to the skilled angler, but to those who use a dragnet, something which requires practically no skill. The point being that you have not to watch your fish, but to do the simple thing, and God will do the rest. Beware of the people who tell you how to fish. I know a good many people who have tried to learn how to fish from books, but they never did learn. The only way to learn how to fish is to fish. Beware of the books that tell you how to catch men. Go to Calvary and let God Almighty deal with you until you understand the meaning of the tremendous cost to our Lord Jesus Christ. Then go out to catch men. God grant we may get away from the instructors on how to catch fish and get out into the fishing business. We have to get out and fish. Remember as a young boy being at a lake, trying to catch minnows, fashion our own little hooks, grab a stick, tie piece of string, whatever we had, fishing line if we had it, and you sit there. You sit there. Someone could say, well, go do that. They tell you to go do that. You got to sit there, and you got you to try. <laughs> you got to work on the craft, work on the skill. But I just want to release some people here today that if you feel like you need a special skill set, you have all the skill set you need. You have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit with you when you enter that coffee shop, when you enter your place of occupation. I think the problem is we just don't speak up. And remember, if you speak up and you're looking for the reaping right there and it doesn't happen, just know that you just sowed a seed. Know that you were used by God today to be the sower. And you never know how many seeds have been planted in that life. You don't know how long the Lord has been working on that life. Maybe the work just started right now. Maybe it's been in the process for a long, long time, and finally somebody cracks. 
I'm at the end of myself. I need Jesus. The eyes of their understanding opened. We have to get out and fish. A seminar is not the answer. You know that Jesus didn't hold a seminar on becoming an evangelist? If you can find it in the Word, please let me know. He didn't really hold a seminar. He just said, go into all the world. Go. I am with you. Didn't he say, follow me and I will make you fishers of men? This is the reality. If he is with us, the one to whom all authority has been given in heaven and on earth, we have all the skill set we need. If he's with us. Listen, Jesus Christ doesn't stay in this building when we leave. There's probably a lot of Christians, they wouldn't admit it, but maybe they think that. He's with us as we walk. And I believe it was said, maybe not last Tuesday, the Tuesday before, just to the young people. You know, when you enter your school, like the Lord and the Holy Spirit just entered your school. When you enter that coffee shop. And we, we need to start to see things differently. A shift in our thinking and in our attitude throughout the week. And understanding that the Lord is with us. He said, I am with you. I am with you. Seminar is not the answer. But you know what we could ask for? We could ask for an anointing. We could ask for a unique empowering and a special touch to fall upon this house. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. We have to get out and sow and reap, crying out for an anointing, a unique empowering. Not that we head out and neglect, neglect our our own personal call to evangelize. That we come into this place, we cry out for an anointing, we wake up in the morning, we cry out that we'd be anointed that day as we begin to walk out with Jesus and share the good news of Jesus Christ as the doors open, as opportunity presents itself. Crying out for unique empowering, a unique touch. We have to get out and sow and reap as an anointed people because there is another sowing and reaping in the earth. You ever heard of the Grim Reaper? The enemy's sowing all day long. The enemy, with his rogue, diseased evangelism, <laughs> is sowing all day long through media. That's why we need anointed people in the media. He, he's sowing all day long the coffee shops. He's sowing all day long. All day long. No matter the environment, you know it's true. The enemy's trying to sow into our homes as we sit down on the couch and turn on the one-eyed devil. The enemy's trying to sow. You see how it works? 
sophisticated. He's sowing all day long. And he's reaping as people perish through Christ's eternity. He's sending out his agents all day long, the radio stations all across this city, except for one, maybe two. He's sowing all day long. He's trying to influence our thoughts. He's trying to influence our hearts. He's trying to influence our reactions and our actions. He's, he's trying to sow. He's sowing into us. You know how he comes and he sows into our minds with lies. Isn't that true? He comes and sows into our minds with doubts. I was in a conversation this week with an individual that's, you know, slipped away from the Lord. And, wow, you know, it really did break my heart. Not even sure if it's all real. And I said, have you really ever felt the presence of the Lord? And he looked at me and said, yeah, I've done it all. Saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, slain in the Spirit, spoke in tongues, telling me, oh, it's just an emotional thing. He said to me, and I just thought about it this morning. So, you know, I went to the altar. I played. He's part of the band and played and ministered. And, you know, we play that nice music and create that emotional environment. And people come around and they pray for you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're crying and weeping. I just like to say, you know, there's a joke like the Holy Spirit pads. You probably have no idea what that is, but in music. Uh, it's not really a joke, but among musicians, you play this pad and it's like so full and just feels so great. But can I say this this morning? God uses music and moves upon music. Look at David in the, in, the, in the Bible. Look at how the Lord used it. And so this is not an emotional thing that is created. This is a spiritual thing. Listen, the creator of music is who? God. It's not the devil. The devil's really good at stealing everything and making it look like it's his. It just broke my heart. He's so far away. I'm an agnostic. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Been praying since then. But maybe that was starting to do something inside of him, the conversation, and the seed is planted once again. The seed is planted once again. And I don't know the next person that sees him the next day. The seed is planted again. And I know there's more than one person praying for this individual now. We're just believing and the seeds are being sown and we're watering the seeds. You see what's happening? I don't care if I'm not the one to reap. If he showed up in any church, any good church, heard that he turned his life around, both the sower and the reaper celebrate together because that's what this is about. It's not about medals on our own. You know what I'm saying? We get so caught up. How many lives have you reaped? How many seeds have you sown? And that's what I'm saying. If we're in a season where it's more sowing than reaping, or maybe we have never come into the real season of reaping yet, let's just be obedient because both the sower and the reaper rejoice, and heaven is going to tell the stories. <laughs> And I love that it says when the reaper walks in, it doesn't mean that it's not, it's not important and that it's meaningless, but what it says is you have entered into a labor, someone else's labor, someone else's real hard work. You've prayed 2,000 prayers for that person, 
You've dropped off 2,000, you know, little plates full of cookies for that person. You've tried to witness. You've tried to reach out. You've tried to do everything you can for that person. And somebody else strolls in, and the Lord uses them to reap. Well, that ain't fair. Let God be God. Just begin to rejoice. The sower and the reaper rejoicing. The sower and the reaper rejoicing. Wow. Think of the crusades. How are we going to top those? It'll come again. One man getting up, preaching a message, and all these people flood to the altar and get saved. The reaper. But I wonder how many seeds are sown to create that moment. To create that holy moment. We could ask for an anointing today. Have the worship team return. A unique anointing. The Holy Spirit even moving beyond our words. (laughs) To unstop ears and open eyes. Even as the text says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That is the good news. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. Wow. To set at liberty them that are bruised. If you're looking for a scripture to meditate on in the morning, to pray on before you even step outside of your home. Lord, give me a unique anointing today. Lord, empower me today. And we're going to pray for that this morning. Lord, today as I go out, let the Spirit of the Lord be upon me. And I know the Spirit is upon me because you have anointed me to preach the gospel today, Lord. You've sent me to heal the brokenhearted in this city, Lord. You've sent me to heal the brokenhearted in my section of the field. See, sometimes we look at the city and say, how is this even going to work? You know how it's going to work? You take care of your section. You take care of your section. You take care of your section. You take care. You see what I'm saying? Do you want to know something? If every person in this place right now decided to take care of their section of the field, I guarantee you next week we could have another 100, 200, 300 people in here. And you say, why not another 1,500? Well, let's believe the Lord for that. But for some of us, it'll be a week of sowing. For others, it'll be a week of reaping. For some of us, we're lighting a lamp. We're sweeping the house. For some of us, we'll find. For others, we're going to go out. We're going to search. And we're going to find the lost, and we're going to carry them to church. This could be as practical as this. Carry them on my shoulders. What does that look like? How about give them a ride? How about buy them a bus ticket? How about, you see what I'm saying? This is not hard. Now, we do not save anybody. We save no one. I save no one. All the glory goes to him. You save no one. 
Our call and our responsibility is obedience. And as we take to it, as we go, go where? Into all the world. Maybe you just need to just shrink that for right now. Go where? Just name your place of occupation. Go where? Your sphere of influence. Go where? That coffee shop you go to every single day. Go where? You see how? When it's all the world. But this is being fulfilled because there are people right now in India taking care of their section of the field. There are people in Pakistan taking care of their section of the field. People in Australia taking care of their section of the field. We, we know that. People, people in Germany taking care of their section of the field. People in Ireland, Scotland, England taking care of their section of the field. People in America taking care of their section of the field. People in the Northwest, Ter- Northwest Territories. Ta- see, see how the Lord is doing this? But the responsibility is that we as an individual say, okay, I'm going to run with the vision, Lord. I'm going to run with the vision. And so we're going to pray this morning for an evangelistic anointing to take hold of this church like never before. We're going to pray for a special touch and a unique empowering to come upon our lives. The Spirit of the Lord. We're going to pray for a new boldness to rise up inside of us. Fear will not have its way with us. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If you're saying today, and I'm just going to put the call out, if you're saying today, I will go, Lord, I would invite you to stand. I would invite you to step out of your seat. If you're saying, I will sow, Lord, I'm going to be a sower. I'm not only going to go, but I'm going to sow, Lord. You can step out of your seat this morning or respond right where you are. If you're saying, Lord, I'm going to light a lamp, I'm going to sweep, Lord. If that's your heart, just begin to commit to it this morning and tell the Lord this morning, begin to partner with Him. If you're saying, Lord, I'm going to search and I'm going to carry the lost on my shoulders, if that's your heart, begin to commit to it this morning. Begin to speak to the Lord. Let that pour out of you. I believe the Lord is going to anoint this house today and send us sowing and reaping like we've never seen. I believe with all my heart that lost coins are going to be found and lost sheep will not only be found, but they will be carried home. I believe that this is going to begin. And the Lord has already begun this work. And as we begin to go, and as we begin to go into the world, as we begin to speak up and share the good news of Jesus Christ and do the work of an evangelist, we are going to begin to see greater signs and wonders performed through us by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. I believe that for the church this morning. And the Lord is saying to every single person here, do the work of an evangelist. doesn't matter who we are. I got to leave this place and do the work of an evangelist. Every district pastor in this house, every person on staff in this house, you say, well, that's only relegated to you. It's easy for you. You think it's easy in every environment? It's not. I may face the same fears you do, the same anxieties about stepping out, the same pressure. Should I speak up right now, Lord? But Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You've anointed me to preach the good news. You've sent me out into the world. You've sent me out to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim 
Proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, church, you have the cure. You have the cure. You have the greatest cure. You have the cure of all cures for the disease of all diseases. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy, this ministry. We're going to sing this course out. If you feel like you just need to step out of your seat, as a sign you're saying today, Lord, things change. Lord, today, I'm going to commit to my section of the field. Maybe you're stepping out of your seat today for somebody that you know is lost and you've sown seeds and you're going to sow another seed right now as you pray, as you pray for that person and contend for their salvation. So we're just going to lift up this course and let the Lord do a work. And we're going to pray this morning for an anointing to fall upon this place, upon all of us, no matter who we are, no matter our age, from the youngest to the oldest, we're going to pray for an anointing to fall upon this church.